everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Within Us Podcast. My name is Ozzy Jankovic, and I am your host. Today, I'm thrilled to bring you Kat Horsley. She is the CEO of a full-service digital marketing company, Chai Digital. You can check out links to that in the show notes. And she talks about her journey. She grew up in Bahrain, and then she is now living in Tel Aviv. So we talk a lot about unity and peace. And she also brings something to the forefront that is so important for all of us, which is communication. And you're going to hear about how to upgrade communication, both in real life interactions, as well as on social media, where it matters so much in today's day and age, where we are globally interconnected. I'm so happy that you are here. And with nothing further, here's Kat Horsley. Thank you for having me. It's really an honor to be able to speak with everyone. So why don't we go ahead and start off with your story? I would love to hear about how you became involved in the work that you're doing. It was kind of funny, actually. I didn't even realize that I had a story until you prompted it at the end of last class. <laughs> and you went, you said to me, like, what's your story? And it suddenly like, came to me that um, it, where, like, where my story really started, and I, I shared it a little bit with you, was that uh, I got into social media. Uh, it's well kind of two stories there was one um like the reason that i started the company when i got into social media was um i used to work for heineken and i was doing the social media for heineken and i realized that there were so many big companies that were doing loads of social media outreach but they didn't really care about the people they were reaching out to so you said like i have quite a complicated story i've done lots of different jobs <laughs> but i was i used to work in uh, hospitality and pr and in hospitality, we, it was amazing that we used to welcome, um, like so many people, they were really down. They were having a bad day. They were having a really difficult time at home and they would come to these parties or to these events and have such a wonderful time. And they would be so grateful to us. We were really like lifesavers to them that they would, and they, they came to get to the, like, there was people that even I didn't really know them that much, but as soon as they saw me, like, Kat, wow, it's so great to see you. And like, there was so much love coming off them because they realized that, you realize that you were the one giving them this outlet of expression. So, but when I saw that online, it wasn't happening online. These big brands, they were just like pushing their sales, but they weren't really caring about the community. And so this is when I got, uh, when I created Chai Digital because I really wanted to create a social media company that would really care about the engagement and to really reach out to people and make them feel heard and understood to kind of mm -hmm. do the, replicate the same thing that I'd seen offline. That's so beautiful. So that was how so it You were taking what wasn't working for you, you know, that, that, that component of selling without a relationship. And then the model that you found in hospitality where your clients were so endeared to you. And you mentioned because you were giving them an outlet for expression. Can you talk a little bit about like what that looked like and then how it sort of carried itself over to this world? For them, it was really a sense of belonging. Like, um, so it's kind of into my uh, my other story, the life story. <laughs> um, my dad wants me to be a doctor. <laughs> and I kind of had a revelation at 21 that, um, that made me realize like to hell with everything. Like I'm just gonna follow my own path, whatever feels right to me, I'm gonna go with. 
So, uh, but he still wanted me to become a doctor. So he said, go to university, finish university. And then afterwards you can do whatever you like. So I actually started working in a bar straight after university. So I have my biomedical science degree. <laughs> and then when I worked in a bar, so I started working um, in the bar and organizing all these parties. And it was, people found it like, so I worked in the same bar for like three years and then ended up growing into all the PR and the marketing and organizing the events and bringing like big DJs for my Vita and all these like big, really cool things. But people, you get the same people coming every single week because it was like a family for them. It was a home away from home. So for example, they come celebrate their birthday with you. And some of these people, they didn't have like, their, they were living abroad, so they didn't have their family. I was, uh, I grew up in Bahrain in the Middle East. <laughs> so that's where like, there are a lot of, it's a lot of expat workers, but that's not where they were born. So their families aren't with them. So this out there, like having these, um, the events that they could come to, they felt like it was a family for them. So they would keep on coming back again and again because it was that then so they'd contact you on social media as well and reach out and like anything you posted they would feel so emotionally connected to you because they felt like you were their family and so i've always tried to recreate that like with any social media platform that i make like the i work with the with my clients that we, that we create together that it's a place where people feel at home that they feel free that they can ask questions they can seek support they can give us feedback like like you would with a friend so that's where like how it's how it informs so that. beautiful. Yeah. So there's an element of hospitality that you're infusing social media with. It's funny that you say that actually, because that was one of the biggest things that I used to love about what I did, like being in that lifestyle was just being able to serve and knowing that you, your, that person's birthday has been so memorable for them, like out of this world because of you. Like anything that they wanted, you could organize it for them. You gave them like the best place in the house, like any little requests they had that even if it was like out of the box that you would like do your best to make it happen. Bringing like birthday cakes for them and sparklers and all these kind of things that it made their world. And these like little small things, like we'd always go the extra mile to do it. And it was when I stopped enjoying that, that I stepped away <laughs> from, from like from being on the floor in these events when I didn't feel that passion anymore. As soon as I didn't feel that passion, like to serve people in that way, like in a physical way, that uh, I knew that this, if, if your heart's not in it, you shouldn't be doing it. Kind of so I imagine- mentioned that it's, 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 yeah, it's so interesting. And um, I can definitely see how that, that carries forward into social media. And you also mentioned where you're from. Can you share with us a little bit about your geographic journey? Because I think that also plays into yeah. what we're about to talk, what we're about to get into as well. Yeah, so I was born in the UK, um, but when I was nine, my dad was a pilot. So we moved to Bahrain, or Bahrain, so probably said. <laughs> we moved to Bahrain. So I lived in Bahrain from when I was nine until 15. And then I went back for university in the UK. But as soon as, like... I think there's a lot of misconceptions here about what the, the rest of the Middle East is like, like the GCC, but it's actually a really cool place. Like Bahrain's this like tiny little island. Everyone knows each other. It's really, really friendly, really, really relaxed. Everyone's going like off to the beach on boats, going to islands, having barbecues like every weekend. It's really, really fun. And uh, so wow. then going back to the UK, and like <laughs> a little bit miserable a lot of the time. As soon as I finished university, I was like back out to Bahrain, like go back to the... The sun and sand um and then yes i was there i lived in bahrain for another six years after that and then moved to dubai they had the um financial crash 
that happened and things started to get a little bit too slow in uh, Bahrain. So then I made the move to Dubai and then was in Dubai and then was on a hot, well, I was living for six months in Thailand because I used to love traveling. Like if you have, everything's online, digital business, everything's online. So I was living in Thailand. And when I was heading back to Dubai, I ended up meeting my Israeli partner and uh, then segued into two years now living in Israel and absolutely loving it here. And speaking Hebrew. Yes, nearly. Speaking the Hebrew. Amazing. <laughs> what a what a journey you've been on. And you know, it's it's I think it's so interesting um that you've you've lived in so many places. And now I'm curious if if you do do you feel like that's helped you to relate to people differently? Do you feel like there's a connection with in this global world that we're living in? What does it take, right? What does it take for us? to connect to people across cultures. What does that look like? Very, very interesting um, question. And it's, I actually did a podcast, uh, like when they just did the start of the Abraham Accords. So I have a, one of my best friends that lives in Dubai, she's British, so she's a coach. And she ended up coaching um, a good friend of mine here who's Israeli. And they, because they were working together, they decided to do this podcast series about what the difference between like working in Israel and working in Dubai. And they brought me on to the podcast because they thought that I would have like all these insights about the differences. <laughs> but when I thought about it, all I could think about was the similarities. <laughs> and that like my biggest tip for them was, well, like any meeting, like you just go into it with open, like an open mind and open heart. And no matter what country you're and what culture, like you're not, they say like not every finger's the same, like you're still gonna find really great people in a culture and like really bad people on every single culture, wherever you go. So you never, there's no like cookie cutter of who that's gonna be that you're gonna meet. So mm-hmm. wherever you go, just be completely open about it. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, definitely living in, in Bahrain and Dubai is such a multicultural society. So you can never judge, you can never presume what that person you just got to be completely open so so definitely yeah informed that for me for sure so interesting well I, I feel like it's so relevant because we're all stepping into here in legacy lab and and so many of our listeners are entrepreneurs and really stepping into the the space of global entrepreneurship and bringing our gifts and talents into this collective exchange really for the betterment of all of us and so i'd love to get into social media in terms of, you know, entrepreneurship and, and so creating social change and, and teaching and sharing, how do we go about engaging successfully with social media? And I know that we've created a few different pillars. Um, I hope you can hear me well. It's like hailing outside. Is my sound okay? Right. I can't hear the hail. You can't but I had that okay. earlier. Perfect. Okay. I'm like sitting like right next to my microphone now. Okay. Perfect. Um, so we have a few different pillars and I'm curious, I'm going to open it up to you in terms of, you know, where you want to start. I know that we had, we had chatted a, a bit about the mindsets when it comes to utilizing social media. I think that could be a great place to start. What are the mindsets that we can bring into social media marketing, utilizing social media successfully for the sake of growing our courses, growing our businesses. Yeah, it was something really interesting that like came up at the end of session, I think 10 days ago, two weeks, like a couple of weeks ago. And um, 
as people were talking about how they'd been negatively spoken to on social media and that mindset. And that was when I actually had the epiphany that I started at the beginning. I mentioned that after that, you said about what's the story. And I realized that actually when I was um, like all the way that I was growing up, my brother, he used to be really critical of me. He was like very sarcastic, like really quick minded. And he still is to this day. Like he's a phenomenal mind, but his type of humor is sarcasm. And like anything I would say, he'd land it like with the most cutting blow that you'd ever imagine. And so for the whole of my life, I was really, well, the whole of my growing up, I was scared to say stuff. I would stop myself from saying things because I worried like that he would cut me down for it. But when I was 21, it was actually my grandfather's uh, funeral lesson. I just came to this moment and just said to my brother, like, no more. Like, you're not going to criticize me anymore. This is it. You've done it all of my life. And he turned around and he was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah, like, I feel so unconfident. Like, I don't feel confident to say anything because you're always cutting me down. And he's like, you, you feel unconfident? He's like, I see you as one of those confident people in the world. He's like, I'm the one that's unconfident. And it was such like a realization moment for me that like, whoa, this person that I've been scared of feeling judged by for like all these years I was hiding in my little box from, that he wasn't aware of any of it and he wasn't meaning to do it. And he was really struggling. And he has, since then, he actually has like gone through quite a few struggles and he kind of just realized it. And like another quick thing that my parents, they divorced when I was 15 and I was like trying to get in the middle of this uh, like conversations, what's happening, what's not happening, like trying to mediate on both sides. And I realized that unless you're in that exact position, like even though I know my parents, they're my parents, that, but I could never know that exact connection between the two of them. So I just stepped away and realized that the only thing that I could have control over is me or not control, but the only thing I could ever know. Because even if people that are really close to me, like my partner, he can't know me because he's never had those experiences, the exact same growing up as I've had. So it really gave me that epiphany to just trust in myself because nothing else is for certain. And there's so like nothing else is for certain. And so that is directly a metaphor, right? Your experience with your brother is is very much a metaphor for this, this concern of how am I going to be received when I share my real opinion, when I tell my true story, when I share something personal or that was challenging or that I'm excited about, or that I want to sell or that I want to teach, like, you know, what, what does somebody do? Who's afraid? I I think, you know, I, I just actually listened to someone today talk about, she posted about a new business for the first time and it was really, really challenging. And I don't know if that the challenge ever goes away, but I'm curious to hear from you because you do have that mindset. It doesn't seem to me like you have that fear anymore. You overcame it. And it was that, that tool, that shift that you made. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about how we can do that when it comes to sharing socially? I think I still like, I don't, you don't think anyone ever completely gets rid of that fear. Like you still have like, because it shows that you care about it. Like you still have those nerves that we discussed as well, but it's just knowing that belief in yourself, like go for it. Like what's the worst that can happen kind of thing. And um, one of my biggest clients, like biggest in terms of social media, like she's phenomenal woman really phenomenal she's she lives in dubai she's a psychologist like massively respected beautiful like absolutely stunning woman uh, so knowledgeable um she's been doing it for such a long time if you see her from the outside you think like wow she's got it all together but i see her on the other side 
And she's like saying, Kat, like, was that video okay? Like, did I like not make any sense in the middle of it? Is my hair all off? And I'm just like, that was awesome. I was laughing all the way through it. Like, <laughs> go for it. So like, no matter, I don't think whatever stage you get to, you're still going to have those nerves, but it's just the mindset of having the belief in what it is that you want to say. And I love the advice you gave to Devora last lesson when you said like, that thing that you're worried that someone's going to say better than you or that you want to say, but you're shying away from it, just go and do it. Because so many people need to hear that from you. That it, like, there's definitely a different angle. And, and the more that you, like your fear, the more anxiety you have, the, more, the less that you post, or the less that you publish, the less that you share your story, you're never going to get to where you want to go. Like the only place that you are, it's like an evolution. Like you'll only realize it once you start. It's like the same with business. Like you will never know where you're going to go. It's so you'll interesting. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. And what's so fascinating about social media is that there's feedback. There's always feedback. And that's yep, really, always. that brings us really to the next point, which is the engagement piece. Um, we have content creation. We're going to go over a little bit and then engagement. And in, in terms of content creation, you know, for specifically course creators, um, we can talk about course creators. We can also talk about entrepreneurs. How do we go about like finding our voice, figuring out, how we're approaching social media, what types of content, um, where do you suggest starting with that? Setting up a framework or a structure or anything that can sort of like get us organized in this regard. Yeah, actually on this point, actually it was funny because the, the same lady that I was talking about that she, um, I've been working with her for many, many years now. And we were looking back at some of the posts that she'd done at this time last year and to see how much her writing had evolved because it's like a meditation, it's like a journaling process. Like the more you write, the more you look at it. And like her writing has expanded so much the way that she expresses herself because of that like development journey. But I think as a place to start, um, the thing that I, whenever I make content for anyone, even for myself, I always imagine that like the brand is a person or you, obviously you're a person, but like, we, we have many different facets in us, but if you imagine like who you are, what you stand for, what your values are, and then you imagine your ideal customer. So you have in your head, okay, me, and then I'm speaking to my ideal customer. And just imagine that you're having a conversation with them. And like, what would you like naturally, what would you say to them? What kind of questions would they ask from you? Like, what kind of things would you say? And they'd be like, oh, wow, that's super interesting. And it doesn't need to be something that you think of like in the moment. You can even have that discussion like in the week when you're driving in the car, when you're washing the dishes, sweeping the floor. And I know you have amazing uh, epiphanies while you're cleaning. <laughs> and just like keep it written down somewhere. And then at the end of the week, just look through your notes and then you have it like posting once a day, that's seven in a week. Like I'm sure that you think of like seven topics in a week that I you would that. like, or not, it's like not even the biggest topics. It's just like seven things you would say to someone. I love that. So seven, it's basically seven things you'd say. So I love that. So it's basically thinking about who you are as a person, who your customer or student is as a person, what questions they have for you, what questions you have for them. Um, and then even opening that up on social media, like making social media social, right? Yes. Getting them to engage with you. Yeah. Is, yeah point. So there's, um, I don't want to get too far into it, like, but about structuring the posts. So a tip's like always to have like a question at the start to hook people's attention and then to have the body of the post. And then at the end to say like, uh, let me, um, uh, what's one thing that you did this week? Oh, I love one actually we, uh, recently was the tag 
uh, tag someone that made an impression, like that did something really uh, impactful for you this week. Because that's like a really good call to action because people are really want to reward someone that's helped them out and to tag them. But the thing is with social media, you can never never be sure from the start what's going to work until you start, until you do it. So I want to, I want to, you're saying so much that I want to pause here for a second because it's so good. It's so important. And I want to just review this. So it's hooking, hooking your, your audience by asking, starting out with a question and then writing the body of your post, whatever you're going to say, whatever you're going to share, and then at, and ending with a CTA. So a call to action, meaning tell them what you want them to do, like the post, share the post, ask them a question that has a simple answer. Um, one thing that I've tried to work on is like not asking something too complicated because apparently when people are on social media, they want easy answers. Like Kat and I were discussing the other day, how the most viral call to action, the most viral post on, I think Instagram last year was, is this dress pink or green? Okay. So, you know, I think there are like certain influencers that do this so well. It's like, which shoes should I wear today? The white ones or the black ones? And, you know, giving people kind of like this, this connection to your real life and asking simple questions, it's, it's like a nice distraction. Um, so I don't think we should underestimate that. And the other thing, Kat, that you mentioned that was so great was, was this idea of giving yourself the freedom to um, collect ideas on the fly. You know, I was telling Kat, when I sweep my flowers, my three-year-old and I, we sweep the flowers in the yard and I always get these ideas. I don't know what it is, um, but just being open open to those moments when you're relaxed and you're not necessarily like sitting down, like I have to, I have to create content. It's more so like, okay, what's coming to me? Like, what's, what am I excited about? What am I inspired about? What am I experiencing that someone else might be able to learn from or might be entertained by? Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're worried that it's not going to pick up any engagement or something, then put a little hub together, like, us guys could become a hub and so that whenever we post then we will like each other's posts for example and it's not like cheating social media it's not cheesy or something it's like this is what you'd like if as friends like if you were offline you would give each other a high five if you did something important so it's I love that idea of put I think it's so strategic for everyone um you know who's here this this idea of of asking someone for feedback first, you know, what do you think? Do you have any questions? What would you add? And then creating that hub, like you said, a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group or, you know, on Telegram, sharing links to a post and, and sharing it with your friends first, um, helping each other really to build that up. So um, I want to, there was, I want to address a question about our audiences. Cause I know that the next topic is engagement. And in the world of course creation, you know, let's suppose we're about to get into course creation or about to sort of change our focus a little bit for those of uh, those of you who are pivoting or changing or evolving. How do you do that? How do you decide um, what to do with your existing audience? I know we have a lot of issues coming up, you know, what do I do with my, my Facebook, uh, organic page, you know, not my business page. If all my friends are there and my, you know, my relatives are there, but I want to talk about my business, you know, how do you sort of like compartmentalize? How do you address your different audiences? What do we do with that? It's something that I've had to do quite recently, actually, because I used to just run my, Chai Digital Instagram used to be me, 
but now since the company is growing and I don't want to be the, the cat show <laughs> that I've had to kind of hand over the Chai Digital to the company and then to start posting more on my own uh, Instagram now. And I've had to like really come back to it because when I used to post on it was when I was kind of traveling around Thailand and living the boho life. <laughs> and now I've got to kind of rebrand that. But the, the, and I was actually speaking about it with someone today. And the key thing is whatever you choose, stick with it. So have clarity and consistency. So it doesn't matter what you choose, but just stick with it. And for the long run, like at least six months, like have a six month or one year strategy or just like, not even a strategy, that's a big word. Just an idea in your head of like in a year's time where you want to be and make a plan to kind of get there and then start on that plan. And you okay, can change so, it a lot. So this makes so much sense. And I love what you're saying about having a longer term plan because to see results, we need time and consistency and we need to keep showing up. That being said, how does that, so in Legacy Lab, we teach this model called the beta model, where we test new ideas, try new things, and we look for feedback. It sounds to me like this could be challenging in the context of trying to stick with something consistently if we're still in the phase of trying new ideas. What do you think about that? Yes, yeah, so I was going to say you can change along the way but don't go off at like big right angles. Like as people that, and I think that's the thing about being true to your vision, like sit with yourself, like understand where you want to go, what your vision is, where you want to be. And obviously like when you set off on a road journey, <laughs> as the metaphor goes, like say you want, you know where you want to drive to. And along the way you might think, Oh, maybe we'll take the scenic routes or maybe we'll stop here for a bit, but you still have the same destination in mind. So there might be different ways to get there. So I love that. I, I, lo- I love that. And I want to, um, I want to share that. So Kat and I started working together last summer and literally what we're doing now is so different than what we did then. Right. Like even the, the types of pictures and the, everything, like there's just an openness, you have an openness. So as much as you are very clear on values and on, um, you know, the, the commitment to like share value, sharing value in your posts, like giving over things that are meaningful. There is a, a real openness. You have a flexibility to grow and to change. And, and that's really present in your work. Yeah. I, I think with your example, it is slightly different because you like had a very clear focus shift. Like you were focused on this direction, but then you had like a whole epiphany. You're like, no, this, and you like stepped into your whole being. So like the shift made sense. But I just, I think me like, don't, like zigzag every single week. Yeah. I I think, I think it takes time. I think it takes time, especially when you're getting started to find your footing. Um, but I do think that it's helpful to be putting things out there and getting the feedback from your audience and getting to know people rather than just like planning it out in one's head. That being said, I want to talk a little bit about, um, Instagram because I know it's unique. I know that I think that you love Instagram. Is it your favorite platform? Absolutely. Hands down. <laughs> okay. So I know that we have a lot of, um, I attract people who are like me that are used to Facebook. We're just used to Facebook and it's really comfortable. And um, that being said, there's something really powerful about Instagram. And I think it's important for us to understand what makes it so powerful as a business platform. Can we talk about that a little bit? 
Yeah, so the number one reason why I love Instagram so much is just the personal thing is for brand experience. Like when you go onto someone's Instagram profile, you see like their profile picture, you see like the first nine posts, you see like their highlight circles. Like it's just, you get a real like snapshot of the brand. Whereas when you go onto like Facebook, you'll only see one post or on LinkedIn, you'll only see one post. So like you have to really dig, start digging to understand more about that person, what they're saying, what they stand for. Whereas Instagram, it's like all there in front of you. So it's like a very clear, simple visual representation of the brand, the the look, the feel, the values, the imagery. Um, it doesn't necessarily have like the 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 word, you know, like the verbal sort of like the the depth. Like you have to dig a little bit more for that. But that visual component, it's right there. Yeah, and I, I think that's like super power um, powerful as a marketer as well, or as a business owner that it helps you have that clarity because you kind of think like all the facets of my business, are they all in this like screenshot? Like if someone comes onto this page, well, they know exactly what I do. And I found that as a great tool and we still do it. Like it's a growing business, even though we've been in business for like a while now that we're still like asking, like, do you understand what I do? (laughs) If you look at my Instagram, do you understand? Tell me what I do. Like, just look at my Instagram and tell me what I do. So I think that would be a really good um, home fun um, activity for us to do as a group to look at each other's, you know, look at an Instagram account and guess, like, what does this person do? What does, you know, this person sell? Um, and and it doesn't serious. there's no like good or bad. It's just like, ah, oh, interesting. And it's something that will evolve over time. And it's the business, like, as you said, like, okay, so to have clarity of where you're going, but things will change. And as you learn more and you grow as a person, you'll think, oh, I can say this better. Oh, that's not actually, like, this can change. This keeps developing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, um, in terms of, like, specifically enrolling and selling courses socially, best practices. Like, what should we be doing other than, say, posting and writing something? Are there, you know, next steps? What do we do? Engagement stories, messages. Why are those things so powerful when it comes to, selling and enrolling in business? Yeah, the number one thing that I would do um, is to get really clear on what you're trying to achieve. And even if that changes, like to have a plan of where you're going at that moment. And like, I just referring back to the question, I wanted to clarify, like not to zigzag. So yes, you can change, but create a plan for where you're going so that when you start branching off into all these different content styles, You don't suddenly start veering off and like muddling up and getting confused, like to make sure that everything you post, oh, sorry, did my internet go? No, you're good. Right back. Um, Oh, sorry, it's good. I was saying it was unstable. Um, That everything you post, you post in mind of like, why am I posting this? Would I say this to the, the ideal customer, the conversation that you're having in your head or like, okay, I'm the company and this is the customer. Like, would I say this to that person? Like, what do I, how do I want them to respond? Like, how are they going to go and buy my course or how, are they, how is it going to add value to them? So yes, you can like do the posts, you can do the videos, you can post in stories, you can tag other people, you can do like uh, boomerangs, like the videos that go like this, but just make sure it's all focused in one direction. Mm. So I think- makes It makes a lot of so sense. First step is just I, like, I had a really, I had an aha moment when you did your two hands, like for, for I, I don't know why, but for some reason that for me, it's really thinking about this as a conversation between people. 
that's a mindset shift. I've been doing social media now for like going on 15 years and I still have that. I still imagine those two people talking to each other. Wow. <laughs> like any client that I'm doing, I still imagine like, what would they say? How would they feel? Wow. It's so fascinating. Um, okay. So I want to talk for a moment. I know we had a couple more points. Um, do you want to share anything about like direct messages, why those are so important and powerful and how we can really utilize those? It's funny, actually, we've been talking um, today, I was working with someone on developing LinkedIn direct messages. So for LinkedIn, it's like a business platform and a lot of people to use it, use it for like business outreach. And I don't, I'm sure like if anyone's on LinkedIn that they've had someone reach out to them with a message. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, like if someone sends me a message that's at all salesy, that's not like, hi Kat, um, we look like we're in the same industry. I'd love to get to know you. It's really like, uh, when would you be free to have a Zoom coffee? Like if it's anything more formal than that, I delete the message. <laughs> because I like, I don't want someone pitching to me or being like salesy to me. I want to connect my network and to, I'm quite happy to have a coffee, but I don't want someone to sell to me. So I think that's the same with like messaging, like reaching out, but do it on the, like you would in normal life. Like you wouldn't go into a networking room and suddenly say to someone, hi, my name is, and this is exactly what I do. And this is what you need. And like, you wouldn't like force your services on them. <laughs> it's like, it's like a long, long message, right? Like we wouldn't, like, we wouldn't have a long conversation and tell them seven things. We'd say, Hey Kat, how are you? Wouldn't be like, Hey Kat, I have this amazing program called Legacy Lab. I think you'd be really great for it. These are all the reasons why this is what you're going to get. I mean, you could see, I would, we would not have that conversation. Um, and I think that in the beginning days of social media, it was really tempting to use it that way, but people aren't engaging like that anymore. No. And because people have been so oversold to as well. So it's, like on the positive note of it, it's just focusing on making those. I think that's when it's also really great to be very clear on your strategy. So you know who that target audience is in your head. So rather than like doing a scattergun approach of trying to like sell to everyone, that you know who your tribe is, you know who you're looking for, what kind of people that you're looking for and just taking it easy. So like not trying to rush it, not feeling like you have to be at success in like the first month, first week, first month, first two months, first three months even. That's what I'm saying about like keeping the long goal. So just believe that like, I know that I'm going after my ideal clients. I'm building relationships. Like eventually it's going to start dropping in. The funnel is going to start dropping in. I love that so know- much. I love that. Just this idea of like, you know, if you think about making one new friend every day, you're going to have a hundred new friends in a hundred days. Making one degree of improvement in a day is actually really massive. Um, really being there for the long game and just having more of a, an ease with the process makes a yeah, lot of sense. Rather than like stressing yourself out, selling, like sending these massive sales messages to people that you don't even know if they're interested or not. And no one's getting back to you and you feel like completely disconnected. It makes it make, like yeah. authentic. Yeah. Having an actual relationship there, like using it as a representation of real life. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. Incredible. I definitely want to shift this over to some live Q and a, um, one thing that just popped into my head was, um, is Instagram who here is on Instagram? Raise your hand if you're here. Okay. Ellie Sheva is, I see Ellie Sheva on Instagram a lot. Sheva Chaya. Okay. I think we should definitely all connect there. 
Um, I think that would be really good. And one thing that I think is really powerful about messages that I just learned is that if you can get someone in your messages, right? If you can get a conversation going in direct messages with someone, they'll see you in their stories. Is that right, Kat? Yeah, there's also a reverse hack to that because you have to be, someone has to be, like as a business, someone has to reach out to you to start a conversation with you first. So like you can't like search their name and then speak to them. But if you go to their stories and comments in their stories, then you start a direct message feed with them. In Instagram, meaning if if I send a message to Charlotte on Instagram and then she messages me back, am I going to see her? Is she going to see me in her? Is there more of a likelihood that she'll see me in her stories? So um, on Instagram, like you can't just reach out and message anyone as a business. Oh, but if she's following me and I'm following her. So on Instagram, we have. Uh, I'm just trying to think, but as like a professional account, you, you can't just reach out to anyone. Like they have to message you as a business. But if you, there's a hack that if you go to their stories, that you can comment on their stories and it goes into their DMs, into their direct ah, messages. Okay. Okay. Very, very interesting. Okay. So, so, okay. So this is like, this is good prior knowledge. So on Instagram, if you have a personal account, it sounds like you can reach out to anybody, but if you then have a business account, which you're going to use for promotions and so forth, you'll need to access someone to start a conversation with someone through right. their stories. That'll get into their mailbox and then you'll have a conversation. Ooh, that's a good one. I like that a lot. Yeah, like you can't just go into your messages and create a message and just send it to anyone. You have to find like a roundabout way to do it. So that's a good way to get into it. So good. But I think- um, So many hacks here. The biggest thing thing for showing up, uh, I'm new to Insta, begin with a personal or private account. I would, it depends on your purpose, Charlotte. (laughs) I think um, the personal has more access in that way, but there's a lot of um, features that come with having a, a company account, like a professional account. Uh, you can link it to your Facebook. You can add like a, a URL to your website. You can actually put like your phone number on there and your uh, email address so that people can contact you. Um, and you also get insights. So insights like the analytics which is really like, I didn't want to go too much into depth of it, but it's really interesting to look at the insights as you start posting more because there's like different types of posts. That, so the ways you can engage with a post, you can like a post, you can comment on a post, you can save a post. Like if you think it's really interesting content and you want to look at it later, you can save it or you can share it. So if you see a piece and you're like, oh, I want to share this with Ali, this is awesome. You can share it. So all these different actions, they have different motivations behind them. Like some content is just really like jazzy. So straight away, you're like, oh, I like it. But then there's other content that you have to think about a bit more, like refer to later. So then you're going to save it. Or there's some content that's really collaborative or really funny, for example. So then you're going to share it. So when you have the insights on Instagram and you can start to look, you can actually, um, they have like an option that you can look at a grid of your most shared posts or your most saved posts or your most commented on posts. And you can actually see like what content triggers what in people. So there may be something that doesn't get so many likes, but then you look at how many people shared it. And you're like, wow, this is really powerful that this many people shared this piece of content. 
So it's something like interesting. a little Also, it's, I think it's interesting in certain fields, especially the fields that are like more emotionally charged, you know, maybe in therapy, people might not be liking or commenting, but then you can learn that they're saving the posts. They might be saving. Yeah. Well, even I think that's interesting too. Like, like education. If you're, if you're like share a diagram or something or like a piece of lesson content that backs up your course or gives people an insight into the course and you share that and you think like not many people are commenting on it, but then you look at like how many people saved it. <laughs> that you realize like wow okay this they haven't wanted to to show that they don't know or something but they've saved it to like refer to it later it's so good there is so much here i think it's a big topic i think that someone can run a whole business on social media i listened to someone um yesterday talk about how they run this huge business on instagram stories and that's it like instagram stories and messenger and that's it so there's a lot of potential here. This has been amazing. Thank you so, so much for being here, for sharing, for, you know, giving in this way to all of us. It's been really incredible to learn from you. Wasn't that phenomenal? It has been such a gift to get to know Kat and her work. She is a graduate of my Legacy Lab program that just finished a few weeks back. And she's also a member of my RISE community. If you have not learned about the RISE community from the show in the past, or you haven't seen my posting, it's a community of purpose-guided female entrepreneurs. We meet twice a month and we have all kinds of bonuses, guest interviews. We have a WhatsApp chat where we're all connected. I have my good friend, Yael Trush, does a monthly business building episode, which is incredible, super interactive um, meeting. There's always interaction. There's always breakout groups so that you can create connection, meaningful connections to women around the world. So if you haven't checked that out yet, visit my website, drozzy.co backslash rise, or just shoot me an email. I'm Ozzy at drozzy.co and let me know that you are interested. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Within Us. And wherever you are in the world, I hope that you are meeting yourself with so much kindness. Until next time.